We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high. Hello, everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I am your host, Lance Sanderson, and joining me as per usual on a wonderful Friday is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle Senior NFL Draft Analyst, the one and only Eric Trickle. And dude, Thanksgiving yesterday, obviously great day to go and be with the family. Great food all the way around. I We were talking with Scott earlier behind the scenes and, you know, 5,000 calories worth of goodness went down my gullet. It was absolutely amazing to just have a great day at home. Um, how are you tonight? I am cold. <laughs> so well you live in alaska but, so there's that that and it's it's been it's been cold here i mean it's been very rainy today but um scott made this joke before we went live because every year for thanksgiving we turn my office into basically a secondary fridge and um so i open the window and we stick the pies and some other stuff that needs to be kept cold in the office it, because you know you run out of room in the fridge a little bit oh yeah and so we still have a bunch of pies sitting here and office smells amazing, but it is really cold in here. <laughs> and just to help keep the pies good and some of the other stuff that's sitting in here. But uh, it's going to take all my strength and willpower to not just like start reaching over and eating pieces of pie. Like, they're, they're literally <laughs> like a foot and a half away from me. <laughs> I'm here for that life. I unfortunately I don't have like my office stays relatively cool and relatively chilly for the most part. Hence the reason I'm in the hoodie tonight. But uh no, I I I'm a, a huge outdoor cook kind of guy. Like I love to barbecue, love to grill. I have my blackstone. I have two smokers. One's a big like chest smoker style. It's a, a Cuisinart thing. That's what we put all of our cold dishes in outside every single Thanksgiving because it makes it so easy. You get essentially an extra refrigerator on the outside. So I can definitely relate with you on that one. Um, it it was a great day. I, I do have to say it was a great day um, just hanging out with with Samantha and the kids. I put a big old uh, long thread on uh, on Twitter, you know, just giving thanks to everybody in the Broncos, uh, Broncos country community, uh, the staff at Mile High Huddle. It was it, it, it's, it's just fun. You know, I love to cook. My wife loves to cook. We love to hang out with the kids and just kind of do our own thing. Um, we went over to my uh, in-laws house. They live a, a handful of miles down the road. Um, went and had a couple of drinks with those guys, came back home. Um, and then we proceeded to watch snow. 
So I can relate to you with the with the cold right now. It's been snowing since about five o'clock yesterday morning, um, and we've got about two feet right now in uh, mid central Wyoming. So uh, I relate to the cold. I don't necessarily like it. I'm not ready for another hot, uh, cold and harsh winter, but I am ready to talk some more Denver Broncos football. Obviously, it's a big win against the the Minnesota Vikings this last week. Um, getting the Broncos back to five and five, another tough matchup at home here in Denver on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns, dude. I'm excited for this game. I really am because I think it's going to be one of those old school defensive slug fests where yeah, the Denver Broncos defense is playing really well right now. It's taking the football away a lot. They're struggling against the run. So that's going to be a problem. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but defensively this, uh, this Cleveland Browns defense, they get after the quarterback. They do a really good job defensively. The Broncos are struggling uh, to get stuff going offensively. Yeah. So make little Caesars, the which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know, when you look at, Talk about iconic foods that you have for sporting events, for game days, for football Sundays. Pizza is always one of them, right? So you can order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, which starts one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday and get ready for some football and fun. Yeah, choose your guys' favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick up the toppings that you crave. Either way, you're going to win. I like their 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 $5 hot and ready. So you got cheese, you got pe uh, pepperoni, you've got some sausage. Uh, the deep, deep dish pizza is one of my favorites. We got one of those a couple uh, a couple of days ago. And then, obviously, if they get the pretzel crust back in, guys, you got to get one of those. Uh, speaking of winning, guys, everyone scores with convenient delivery or uh, – or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and enjoy Little Caesars Pizza. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you guys for joining us here on a wonderful Friday evening. Now, Eric, let's get right into the big part of this conversation. Obviously, um, you've got Denver Broncos offense going against the one of the best defenses in the NFL. And before we get there, we've got Stu Zeus. Jumping in here, Stu McPeak off the top rope with the $20 Super Chat. We have a, a, def a defensive battle incoming. Your thoughts on the keys to a win on Sunday. Let's dive right into the defensive side of the football, both teams here, because I think Denver has an opportunity here to win a little bit defensively. But I'm going to go to the Cleveland Brown side of the football first. They have the NFL sack leader and arguably the best pass rusher in the game going one-on-one -on -one against Garrett Bowles on the left side of the Broncos offensive line. It was your key matchup to watch this week for the Denver Broncos in order to obtain a, a victory over the Cleveland Browns and push themselves further into the uh, 
the AFC playoff picture, maybe they can get a wild card spot uh, moving towards the stretch of the season. What makes Miles Garrett so good? I mean, he can just win any way that he wants. He's so athletic. He can win with his athleticism. He's got great technique. He's got great power. He can just beat you any way. And he does a good job of setting up different things. And he's one of those guys, and Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, they talked about it a lot, about how it's a chess game when you're a pass rusher. You're going to be doing moves early to set up for a win later on. And he just does it so well. He's so much fun to watch. And part of it, too, is that he goes out there and, I mean, most edge rushers do. He goes out there and he has fun with it. Like, he'll do silly little things during his pass rush. Like, there was that whole thing between him and Micah Parsons about doing the crossover before they started the rush. So he just has fun with it, and that helps as well because you're not letting, like, the pressure of it build on you. And he's it's fine mm-hmm. with that because of how talented he is. Now, he has faced against the Denver Broncos three times before, and it has been a back-and-forth battle. He's only really took control over a game once, which happened to be their last matchup. And the two games mm-hmm. before that, he was pretty pretty well shut out of it. And everybody also likes to focus on Miles Garrett, the pass rusher. But he is a really good run defender as well. So yes. that just adds yes. to the complexity of having to defend him. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. And Justin Simmons uh, is the best safety coming in here with a five dollars super chat. Thank you. First off, uh, creative name. I appreciate that. Love the picture. Love everything about this comment because I agree with this. I think Justin Simmons is the best safety in the NFL right now, and he's he's proven it on a week to week basis. He comes in with it with his super chat saying we need to score touchdowns to win this game, and that's absolutely correct. And it's going to be very hard against this Cleveland Browns defense. And I, I, I say that because it's true. This Cleveland Browns defense is one of the best scoring defenses in the NFL. They've only allowed uh, the seventh fewest points in in the league this season. But they're missing Denzel Ward on the outside, one of the top cornerbacks in the game. They're starting Martin Emerson on the outside. They're starting uh, Gregory Newsom, who had a pick six against the Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, a couple weeks ago to help seal that victory for the Cleveland Browns. But this defense is hard to move the football against partially because they are so good against the run and they do such a great job with their front four in terms of getting pass pressure going back to miles Garrett here. I want your thoughts here because like you said, you know, they, they, they faced off miles Garrett, Garrett Bowles a handful of times. This matchup seems to me like one of those ones where Garrett Bowles can really utilize his aggression and utilize his physicality at the point of attack to kind of lean on Miles Garrett a little bit and put him out of his element because we've seen it before with Miles Garrett and and big time heated games, big time heated uh, 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 contests where he'll lose his cool a little bit and he'll get a little bit grabby. He'll get a little bit feisty. He might swing the helmet at somebody else's head or whatever you want to have it. What does Garrett Bulls bring to this matchup that makes you really excited and, and maybe give the Broncos a little bit of an edge here in this, in this competition. Well, real quick, since this is a popular question in the chat right now, people are asking about the status of Greg Dulcich. He's still on injured reserve. He's not expected to be activated before the deadline, 4 PM deadline tomorrow. He's expected to stay on injured reserve. He's not going to be active. He's not going to be playing. They have to, they haven't even opened the 21 day practice window on him yet. Um, So it is, unlikely that we see him this game. He is still working on coming back from the hamstring issues that have been plaguing him. He's seeing specialists trying to figure out all the issues there. 
his gait, his, you know, his size, weight, all that, and trying to figure out a way to keep the hamstring from being as problematic as it has been. But right now mm-hmm. it's just, he's just on a, uh, on the injured reserve. As for what Garrett Bowles brings to it is, I, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned it. Um, the, the, every edge rusher brings an attitude to it and a feistiness to it. Um, especially the great ones. Von Miller did. DeMarcus Ware did. Um, all, all of these guys, even Elvis Dumerville, like just keeping it with the Broncos. All of these guys have that edge to them. And Miles mm-hmm. Garrett does too. And Garrett Bowles is, he just doesn't back down. Um, he also has an attitude. That was a big question of him coming out of college was, yeah. you know, there, there were some attitude issues there. And he seems to keep that in check in the NFL and grow over it, but he still plays with an attitude. He is still not going to be one that allows guys to just go out there and bully him. And so he he won't sit back and just take it from Miles Garrett. Um, he'll go on the attack and everything, but he's got to be careful because being overly aggressive against somebody like Miles Garrett is just setting up to, you know, setting up your own failure, basically. So he's, he's got to be, you know, a little bit passive there and just read his cues off the pass rusher a lot of field work mm-hmm. and just go out there and execute. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I think that something that you're going to see here is there's going to be some stalemate competitions between these two guys, especially in the running game. And I know that you, you just got done talking about Miles Garrett and his ability to stop the run, but Garrett Bowles has been figuring out ways to create leverage. He's just so strong with his upper body and he's figuring out ways to move guys offensively in the running game. Uh, what do you think of that matchup in particular? Then we'll flip over to the, uh, to the other side of the offensive line really quick. <laughs> Sorry, what matchup? I was busy laughing at the comment. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, uh, Garrett Bowles against uh, Miles Garrett in the running game, where Bowles has been very successful in getting guys off their spot. Well, I mean, it's the same thing as pass protection, like that. But the difference, the slight difference here, is that the run game allows Bowles to be the aggressor more often and more consistently mm-hmm. because you want to get out there, you want to get your hands on them first and get control right away. And so it's just it's playing a little bit more to his strength of being that aggressor a little bit, using his physicality to try and control Garrett. But it's still not an easy task because Garrett or Miles Garrett does such a good job of getting off of blocks and making plays against the run. Now Garth Knight comes in with a five dollar super chat. Thank you, Garth. We appreciate it. He says Eric is me. Thanks, My glass is always half empty, and I'm pretty sure the Browns win on Sunday, even though Eric hasn't said it yet. J.K. Eric, be good, fellas. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a pessimist. I've never hidden that fact or anything like that. And it's obvious whenever you listen to me talk about the Broncos or any aspect of life. Um, but funnily enough, I actually have Denver walking out with the win in this one. Um, Mm -hmm. we'll get into that a little bit more and it's more so dealing with what the Broncos defense can do against the Browns offense. And I think the Broncos offense will be able to find ways to do enough I don't think because I'm expecting this to be a defensive ground and pound physical matchup. Well, I want to see touchdowns. If the Bronco, if the Broncos can kick, manage to kick enough field goals, I think they can put this one away because the Browns offense isn't great. And they're starting Dorian Thompson Robinson as well, a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm. And when he has seen the field, it hasn't been great. So I do think the Broncos actually can walk away with this one. So, but 
I'm I'm with you on that 100% on this. And and Gar, thank you for your support, dude. Um, I, I don't want to go into like the the pessimistic attitude of everything. I, I think that the way that we we've always tried to come to this show is that we like to be objective in our criticism. The Broncos are winning, but these are the things that they can still do better. Like, yes, it, it, we can we can have sunshine, butterflies, rainbows, and, and gold flakes all we want to. But as of right now, can we rely on this winning formula right now? The Broncos have won four in a row, but they also have created, what, 14 turnovers in the past four games. Um, they haven't run the ball necessarily very well, but they've they find uh, they find a creative way to go out and find a way to win games. And to me, I think you need to slow down your horses a little bit. Let's be objective in our criticism. And that's something that Eric and I have always have always tried to bring to this particular show. Um, for, for that, though, um, I, I agree with Eric on this one. I do think that the Broncos are going to win this football game. Um, I, I think that the, the quick passing game is going to be something. And quite honestly, the draws and the screen game, which is something the Broncos have done very well with their running backs out of the backfield. And even if it's not just the screen game in general, the quick check downs that they're finding ways to, to, to uh, incorporate Russell Wilson's mobility, where they have him climb the pocket and just shuffle past the football forward to the running back, what, whether it's Samaj P. Ryan, whether it's Javante Williams, uh, they're, they're going to be able to to do that against this Browns defense because they are so aggressive up front with their front four. They do like to try to get after the quarterback, open up a running lane and find a way for Russell Wilson to just pitch the ball up the field a little bit and let that let the running back or the receiver, whoever that might be, uh, turn up field and go gain some uh, positive yardage because that's that's there's going to be the opportunities too because the Browns play man coverage on the outside. So uh, I, I think there's a very, very definitive winning formula against this team. And then defensively, I, I think that the, the the Broncos have a good matchup against the Browns. Uh, Garth jumping back in here with the $5 super chat, not buying it, Eric, saying the Browns are going to win this football game. Man, don't come in here with that pessimistic attitude. You want to call us pessimistic. Let's go. Come on. Get on our level. The Broncos are going to win. Damn it. <laughs> uh, let's say hello to some other people. We got Phil McLaughlin jumping in here. Uh, over on Facebook. Good evening, Lance, Eric, and Deacon Scott. I'm of the belief that this could be a 14 to 10 game. These defenses are both tough. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag Go Broncos, hashtag MHH for life. Uh, I picked the Broncos to win. I, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. No, I was going to say it's like in 14 to 10, that's similarly to how Lance and I see it. He has him. Yep. He has Denver winning 16 12. I have Denver winning 16 10. Um, a low yep. scoring defense about. That's going to rely on the run game to, you know, get uh, get points on the board. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Von Arch jumping in here saying reverse psychology, Garth. I see you. I see you. And thank you, Dylan, for joining us, moderating the chat, as he always is. Uh, Rodney Garcia in the house. Sammy McCurdy uh, jumping in here. That's a new name that I'm not really familiar with. Um, Let Loose 3, uh, Douglas Wall, uh, Seth in here, David Yunkin. Uh, uh, Merlot in here as well. A lot of great, a lot of great Broncos fans. I think we got a couple of Cleveland Browns fans in the house here as well. Um, we got this one from Ashish, uh, Ashish at least. I'm not going to try to pr pronounce the last name. Good evening from uh, Longmont, Colorado. I think we might lose this game. We have been lucky enough for creating turnovers, but offense is scoring only about two and a half points per turnover. Run game is struggling as well as the run defense. 
passing game is also one-sided with over-reliance on Sutton. There's a lot to unpack here, but I think that there's a lot of quality information that we should go through. First things first, from Longmont, Colorado, proving that Broncos country is not a geographical location, is a, is a uh, hashtag state of being. But being lucky enough to create these turnovers and not being able to score points on the offset of that. Eric, this is something you and I've talked about uh, privately. We've talked about it in our group chat. We talked about it on the show for that, for the matter of fact. This is a problem, and I, I agree with Ashish 100% on this one. Scoring only about two and a half points per turnover. How can the Broncos get get better in terms of creating points off of these turnovers? Do you need somebody to take the, a turnover to the house, or what do they need to do offensively to get – more creative to be able to be more successful on the other side of those. Well, before we get to that, we got to get to our one of another sponsor that we have of Manscaped. So ready to spike, spice up your holidays as we dive headfirst into, you know, ma uh, the mountains of mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce that we were all, you know, feasting on yesterday. Let's talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right. It's time to go cold turkey on your old razor and take care of your own with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Visit manscaped.com and use code HUDDLE for 20% off and free shipping and enjoy Thanksgiving in style with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Yeah, I, I don't have the 5.0 Ultra. I have the 3.0 Ultra, but I used that the other day just to make sure I was looking good, getting ready to go over to the in-laws house. Like I said, we went over and had some drinks uh, on, on Thanksgiving. It was, it was a great time, but before I went, I looked all scraggly and gross. It like I, I had a really bad beard um it's it's awesome it has a great light for you to to be able to see what you're doing um cuts through pretty much any course of hair uh, you also get without uh the the uh lawnmower 5.0 ultra you get the the shed if you if you get the the, the big package you get the shed it has a nose hair trimmer it's got a, a fingernail kit you get uh, a pair of boxer briefs which is probably the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs that i have in in, in my dresser right now um it, it's awesome guys uh, the, the Manscaped stuff, they're, they're they're there for you guys. It doesn't stop there. It comes with two free gifts on this new Manscaped uh, 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 package. You get the boxer briefs and you get the toiletry brag. So make sure you guys go to uh, manscaped.com. Use that promo code HUDDLE. Get 20% off and free shipping with that promo code, promo code HUDDLE. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. Be thankful this holiday season for all the best gifts from Manscaped. Your family is going to thank you for that. Yeah, so Diego Alonso saying with the $5 donation, saying that is a dope hat, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just got it today. It was the last one in the store, and uh, it is like the fifth Star Wars that I had that I have with the Yoda years. So just adding to my collection of it, um, of them. Um, and part of the reason why I have it on tonight and why I had one on on Tuesday is how cold it is in my office. Got to keep my ears he's a little bit warm. Anyways, going to the whole point about scoring off of turnovers like and how few points they are, the bare minimum that you want is three points off a turnover. And Denver's not even meeting that. That is the bare minimum. They, are, they have scored, I believe, what, one touchdown during this streak off a turnover. Mm -hmm. That is not acceptable. They have to figure out a way to do better. And especially since they are getting so many of these turnovers in great field position within mm -hmm. 30, yep. 40 yards of the end zone, and they're not able to capitalize on it. This offense does great on first down. It is one of the best first down offenses in the NFL. 
but they struggle to sit there and do much on second and third down, where they are one of the worst offenses on second and third down. And Stephen mm-hmm. Ruiz of um, the site that he works for just escaped me right now. But he had this excellent piece on there with a bit of information that it, that is pretty well known. First down is often the scheme. It is often the coach's play call that's going to go out there and the, one of the most reliable plays that he can sit there and call with this, within his scheme to go and pick up four or five yards to set you up in a positive position. Then after that, it starts becoming more on the players going out there and executing. And when you watch mm-hmm. his offense, there are issues execu- executing. The play calls mm-hmm. are fine, but an offensive lineman misses his block, wide receiver drops a ball, the quarterback misses a read pre-snap, ends up getting under pressure. Like there's, They have these issues that they got to sit there and figure out and be more consistent with. Um, so it's just figuring that out can help them score more off of uh, off these takeaways. But not only that, it can help them score more in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, like You're, you're um, absolutely correct on sorry. this. Sorry. Thank you, Scott, for coming in. Steve um, Steve Ruiz is with The Ringer. Thank you, Scott, for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah, and Steven's one of the the best analytical and tape uh, analysts that you you can find on Twitter. Uh, Wherever you can find him, make sure you go and check out all of his work because he does such a great job covering this game and one of the the more underappreciated analysts that we have out there in the the NFL uh, landscape. You're absolutely correct, and it's something that Sean Payton has talked about going back to the third down, uh, third down percentages. You know, going against the Minnesota Vikings, the Broncos only ran the ball 15 times. You know, and like that's that's a that's a low number for this team. You want them to be able to run the football effectively. That's their bread and butter for this team. That's been one of the biggest reasons why they've been able to win the games that they have been over the the last five weeks. Now, they're they they go out there on first down and you know that they're going to run the football and they're going to be good at running the football. And that's something that they need to rely on forever. But if you don't get another first down because you suck on third down, that gets you away out of the, the, the rhythm of your play calling. It gets, it gets you out of the rhythm of your offense. So Sean Payton really kind of addressed that saying, you know, we need to be better on first and second down to get better in manageable situations on third down. And then we need to start converting on third down, especially when we get those takeaways. If you get those takeaways, you need to be taking shot plays. I think you're like, I, I understand, you know, running the football a little bit, be aggressive after you get a takeaway, you put yourself into, into positive field position. And we haven't seen that yet. There was another, there was a comment up here just a little bit ago. And I, Eric, you've gone, you and I have gone back and forth multiple different times about it. But it's Merlot jumping in here saying, unleash Marvin Mims. Where's the deep shot? You get that kit, that critical takeaway. Where's the deep shot? Let's let's dial one up and throw one over the deep down the field over the middle of the field and see if we can't go unleash a big play and utilize the most explosive player on this offense right now. And that to me is it, it's an issue. And while I understand, you know, uh keeping Russ within within himself, not making him go out there and, and do uh, the, the crazy Russell Wilson behind the line of scrimmage, ex- evading pressure and stuff like that. Dialing up a deep ball for one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL on uh, on occasions where you need to have that, why don't we see that more often with this Broncos offense? 
you know why. And all you're doing here is you're setting me up to have my name dragged through the mud here because of the reason why. <laughs> they are dialing up, up these shot plays to Marvin Mims. But a certain person will look at him and then either it's not all him and either pressure will come to him or whatever and he looks it off and checks down. This is a guy mm -hmm. who against the win against the Minnesota Vikings pump faked to a wide open tight end to flip it off to the other side way off target. These issues aren't on him, but they are dialing up these shot plays that they're not taking. And it's not because mm -hmm. that the coaches are telling them don't take these shot plays. And I know that everybody's going to sit here and jump on me about this because I'm slandering Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's not the problem. And he's not the problem. I'm not saying he is not the problem, but he has been so, it has been so installed in him especially after last year, you make your one read, then you check it down. And that is what he has been doing 99% of the time. So yep. if that deep shot isn't open right away, he's going to the check down. Mm -hmm. And deep shots take times to develop, which opens up the door for the some, what issues they do have with pass protection to be a problem. Right. You know the reason. I, I, like. Well, I, I do. I, I, so, so let me, let me clarify something. Cause I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here or make it so that someone's going to drag your name. Like you and I go back and forth on this a, a lot of the times. And, and there's a, another comment. First off, let's grab this one from Garth really quick. Another $5 super chat. Cause he's coming in here hot tonight. Third one tonight. I can't believe I out negative Eric regarding the Broncos. That's a rocking hat though. And might have a uh, light in his opinion. It, it's a rocking hat. Eric has style. It's not negative, guys. It's not negative. It's objective criticism. I'm telling you, Quentin coming in here saying that Russ doesn't trust Mims yet. I, I, this is this is the big thing. Eric and I have always been so, I don't want to say critical because it's just honest and open with our opinions. We do a lot of tape study and stuff like that. What Eric's saying is absolutely correct. There are times where Russell Wilson has wide open guys, or if you throw with anticipation and timing, you can get guys that are wide open. And we're not we're not seeing that. I asked this question because I wanted Eric to say it again, not for him to get slandered and and libeled against, because that's not true. Eric sees it the way that you should be able to see it. There are open guys on this offense uh, all over the field. It's it's a plain and simple fact. If you can play the quarterback position at a high level, and right now we're not seeing that. And this is where you know we're going to come off as negative rust slander, yada yada. Doesn't matter. Watch the tape. Go out there and see what you're actually looking at because it's it, it's absolutely true. This game is going to be the benchmark for that because the Cleveland Browns, if, if if there's one thing that they are bad at defensively, and this is where we're going to switch to the offensive side of the football here uh, before we get to our next read, just quickly. Defensively, the Cleveland Browns give up a lot of plays, a lot of explosive plays over the top. They like if if you're going to do deep overs and stuff like that, you can get a lot of explosive plays against this defense. You can get a lot of screenplays that go for for big yardage underneath as well. This is a big a big game. Oh, I don't, Eric. I disagree. He's shaking his head at me. I disagree with you. I think you can take some shots against this defense right now. I really do. Um, we'll get into that on the other side of this. We do got to give a big another big shout out really quick to uh, a, a great sponsor for the show tonight. Our friends at Factor. This holiday season, guys, make sure uh, that you might be looking for obviously something for uh, nutritious and convenient meals to keep you energized on, on jam packed days. Enter Factor. It's a blessing sent from the football gods to Broncos country. 
Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, and it can help you fuel up uh, fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. With Factor, you'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy, healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-do lists, including all of those shopping lists. Yeah, so skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from more than 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. They're all delivered right to your door and ready to eat within two minutes. This November, get Factor enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals um, delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. And this isn't a service for the holiday season only. Nope. Factor is a way of life for 365 days a year. Yeah, 365 days a year, 24-7. They're always available for you guys. Uh, head to factormeals.com. Uh, that is F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S.com slash huddle50 and use our code huddle50 to get 50% off. Again, that's factormeals.com. Uh, promo code huddle50 at factormeals.com slash huddle Get 50% off. Make sure you guys are family that your family is prepared. It's a, it's a rough time out there, and you never know when you might need to be prepared for those dire situations. The great food, great food over there at Factor. Eric, I said something that you were visibly shaping, shaking your head at um, in terms of Quentin come, coming back in here. It says it looks like the Broncos' offensive line had problems opening up holes last game for our running backs to be effective. Um, they're going to struggle with that again this week. I, I do think that running football is going to be difficult. However, I do think that you can take shots against this defense. You need to take those shots. You need to keep this defense honest. You need to take those screens and and rush the get get the ball out quickly. Take those screens, and if you get the opportunity the opportunity to take those shot plays. And I think that the Broncos have the the necessary firepower to be able to get it done against this Cleveland Browns defense, who I think is not necessarily great against taking those shots. You were you were shaking your head at me though. Why? Why do you think that I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here? Because this is one of the best defenses in the NFL in explosive and limiting explosive plays, and one of the and like third best defense in the NFL at slowing down screens. They have done an excellent job at both of them. They are okay. ranked 14th in explosive play rate, which is carried by and brought down quite a bit and if you take it out they are in the top eight with their play with how often they do ru just rush three where they are when they rush three the explosive play rate against them which is something they only do seven percent of the time their explosive play rate is 30 percent so seven percent of their plays drop their explosive play rate by i believe six maybe seven because i can't remember exactly if they're seventh or eighth and they are top three in screen plays so Sure, you can get lucky and get these explosive plays. You can get explosive plays against any defense. But this team does a great job of limiting it, and it's because of who they have on the back end. Talking about Denzel Ward being out, yes, that hurts them. But their whole secondary has been playing great. Martin Emerson has been playing pretty good football. Greg Newsom has been playing pretty good football. Their safeties are playing really good football. And then they have linebackers that help it out. And they, what, they are the ones that make life so difficult for opposing offenses when it comes to screens. Because they read it so quickly. And then you have guys like, then you have Miles Garrett and the other edge rushers and defensive linemen who also do such a great job at reading screenplays. And it's again going back to the explosive play rate aspect of this, which is a 10 plus yard run or a 15 plus yard pass. 
um, or 20%, 20 plus yard pass, sorry. What makes that so hard, especially for the passing plays of this, is because of how quickly they get after the quarterback. They are one of the fastest right. teams in snap to pressure. I believe they are third or fourth in how quickly they yep. get pressure on the quarterback. They make right. it extremely hard up front to get an explosive play because they're going to get after your quarterback. They're going to harass him. They're going to make life extremely difficult to him, for him to sit in the pocket and wait for that explosive play to sit there and develop. And then they do a good job right. in the secondary with their coverages of keeping explosive plays from opening up. And going back to this offense, you have a quarterback here. And again, leading me to slander Russell Wilson here, which is something that I've been trying not to do as much. He has not handled pressure well at all this season. He's been one of the mm -hmm. worst quarterbacks in handling pressure. And it is one of the reasons why I figured that they might have a hard time with the Vikings, with how often they, they blitz, how often they bring pressure. Mm -hmm. And they did well against it by utilizing a quick passing game. And they didn't, the run game did nothing. They didn't utilize draws. They kind of cut out screens for the most part because of how the blitz can just take those away. And Cleveland, mm -hmm. they do that without having to blitz. So I think that right. this is going to be a game where you're really going to try to utilize those quick slants, those quick ends, those curls, and just for that little bit of separation to get in there because your quarterback in the offensive line, they're going to struggle to hold up against the pressure that the Browns can bring to sit there and attack deep and make explosive plays happen. Doesn't mean you just sit there and not try at all, but I just don't think that that's going to be a huge factor in this game when I watch the Cleveland Browns defense. And then when I back that up and look at the stats and all that and the statistical evidence, it so, adds up. So so hold on for a minute here, guys. It, it looks like Eric is uh, is frozen. Um, just getting some uh, confirmation on the, the back end of things. Uh, we got Garth and I jumping in here with the $5 super chat. Just wanted to clarify, I'm totally joking about Eric's negativity. I appreciate him not being a fanboy while a lot of cats get caught up in it. And I know that that like that's that we we talk about this all the time, and I, like I said, I, I mentioned it just a little bit ago. Um, we, we the negativity is, is something that I, we we hate this. We we hate the fact that people always want to say that that we're negative uh, about the Broncos. We're negative about what's going on with this team because it, it, we we want this team to succeed. And what we're trying to do here is we're trying to point out all of the things that we can do to to. It, like all the things that this Broncos team are doing poorly, despite the fact that they're winning games, you know, uh, being poor against run, the run fits right now uh, for this Denver Broncos defense have, have been absolutely atrocious, whether it's been Josie Jewell, whether it's been Alex Singleton, whether it's been Kareem Jackson, the issues that he's had defensively, um, whether it's been uh, Jaquan McMillan, who's been fantastic against the run. He's the number one run defending uh, cornerback in the NFL, uh, according to pro football focus. But at the same time, you've given up 175 yards to the uh, the, uh, the Buffalo Bills, 190 yards against the, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, have a 200-yard game against the uh, the New York Jets, who've been struggling to run the football pretty much all season long, except for against Denver, 350 yards against the Miami Dolphins. Those are all negative things, and we're trying to figure out ways that we can prove this Broncos team. Not that anybody's paying attention to what we're doing here. Uh, looks like we got like we got Eric back, but. I'm going to finish my point here because this actually translates directly into this Cleveland Browns offense because the Cleveland Browns offense is the number three overall running attack in the NFL. They stick with it. 
forever and ever and ever. And part of that's because the quarterback play has not been great, even with Deshaun Watson, but now with Dorian Thompson Robinson specifically, you have uh, Jerome Ford, who is one of the, I think the top five running back in the NFL in terms of yards. Uh, you've got Kareem Hunt, who does all of the, the heavy lifting in the red zone and short yardage situations. And th- th- they just continue to go out there with a great offensive line and they pave ways and they stick with that running game. And Eric, I'm going to bounce this to you uh, quickly here if we if we if you're still available. Um, we've got this defense again struggling. Alex Singleton leads uh, the league in missed tackles. They are they've got to figure out a way to stop this running game if they want any chance of winning this game. How do you think that they do that? I mean, you just gotta force the ball into the quarterback's hands. Sell out to defend the run, make them beat you through the air. That that's what you have to do. Um also real quick, apologies for my camera. It tends to freeze up every now and then. Just have to tap it and it'll unfreeze. Um, not sure why it does that. But Whenever you're facing a quarterback like Dorian Thompson Robinson, who is even coming out, a big issue was that he had to sit there and develop as a quarterback. He can make some throws, he can make some reads, but the consistency was never there. And then the run, the running aspect that he brings to it helps the Browns running game, but it's not something that's been overly utilized. He's only ran the ball a total of like eight times counting scrambles. Mm -hmm. So it's not been a huge part of the game plan to get him out of the pocket. So you, this is a game where to force the ball into his hands and beat them through the air, sell out to stop the run, load the box. That is something that the Browns have struggled with. It's something that majority of teams struggle with. They struggle to run the box, yeah. run the ball against a loaded box. Common sense there. Um, more defenders in the box than blockers. Somebody's going to get free. Somebody's going to be able to make the play as long as they can. And then you got to have somebody to spy Dorian Thompson Robinson to limit what he can do against with his legs. Because, well, he hasn't ran the ball a lot, it's been pretty effective um, when he has. So spy him, sell out to stop the run, force him to beat you beat you through the air, and hope that the rookie quarterback will make mistakes. Because especially with how this Broncos team has been with forcing takeaways, mm-hmm. gotta, you, you got to bet on that. Because the extra possessions in a game like this are very much the difference between a win and a loss. Right. So I want to go uh... – Back to DTR really quickly because um, he's susceptible to turnovers in and of itself. But at the same time, this this defense being so opportunistic in the way that they're creating these turnovers, what's the what's the biggest reason as to that? Going back to like the Vance Joseph style of defense and disguising things, uh, whether it's the blitz packaging, uh, creating pressure up front, which the Broncos haven't been great doing so but they still find a way to get their hands on a lot of footballs, whether it's forcing fumbles, whether it's uh, jumping in front of receivers. What's been the biggest difference maker in terms of uh, creating turnovers for this defense? And how uh, how can they exploit DTR in his youth in the, in the NFL level? Well, the thing that doesn't add up with me when watching the Broncos defense and I look at the all the data that, that is available is this Broncos defense is one of the least disguised defenses there are. They're like 28th, 7th, or 28th. They don't they don't really disguise what they're doing a whole lot. And it's not overly complicated to break down what they're doing either. They're just out there executing at such an outstanding ability or what however you want to word it, that they are forcing Incredible these level. bad throws. They're they're forcing these takeaways. And then when it comes to forcing the fumbles, some of that is luck about being able to just get your hand on the ball and rip it out. 
and just the ball bouncing the right way. Now, forcing the actual fumble, let me clarify, isn't actually luck. That's skill. They practice that, getting your hand in there, ripping it, punching the ball. But the luck of the bounce. Sometimes the Broncos have been lucky with it, mm-hmm. with it, mm-hmm. you know, with some offensive fumbles of it bouncing out of bounds. Some of it bounces it, you know, ball's got to bounce the right way. Something talks about it a lot. But the Broncos are maximizing that because there's a saying in football is that you you create your own luck. And they're creating that yep. by their ability to force force these fumbles through something that they are doing at a pretty good rate. They rip at that ball. And even if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. you can still sit there and see them ripping at that ball. Um yep. because they gotta get those they gotta get those extra te- those extra possessions for the offense. Um yep. so even though they're not a overly disguised defense, you know, they can still do things to confuse the rookie quarterback. They the what little bit disguising they do, a few switches here and there, you know, having that, you know, that late dropper, you know, showing a um double a gap blitz and having the linebacker drop back they can do these things to just throw in a little bit of confusion into the quarterback and bait bad throws um yeah and so there's a lot they can do even though they don't disguise what they're doing a whole lot right well they they line up too deep and they'll drop a safety down you pretty much know exactly what's going to happen they drop a safety down and into the box to help with the run fit and that's that's another part that we can go back into with the run fit of this conversation here, uh, because, again, I think that this this game in particular with Cleveland and, and how effective that they are with their running attack offensively, the Broncos, again, they, they're they're not great. I, I still think they're 31st or 32nd in the NFL in terms of uh, rushing yards allowed um, and that they're down at the bottom of the NFL in terms of rushing uh, yards allowed per game. Uh, and also in rushing yards per attempt, it helps when you have 350 yards on the ground given up in in a single uh, in a single game to the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, week three, but you, you got to find a way to be better here. And talking about not disguising things, but also understanding what's what's going on with this Broncos defense, they're going to get a little bit of a boost here this week, in my estimation, because PJ Locke was listed as questionable. Sounds like he might be ready to play. Um, if he's not, then the Broncos safety position is definitely going to be a disaster. Um, JL Skinner hasn't seen the field very much. DTR, uh, Delarin Turner yell when he does see the field, it's, it's rough. But if the Broncos do get PJ locked back for this team, for the, for this game against the, the Denver Broncos, how big of a boost is that to the, uh, is that to this defense? Well, I mean, it's, a, it's a big boost. I mean, when he was out there on the field, well, it wasn't, you know, great, it was better than what the Broncos were getting out of Kareem Jackson. They need him back. Mm-hmm. And he's basically 50, 50 at this point with, you know, the questionable listing. And right. the biggest thing is you can't trust the Laren Turner yell. I, mm-hmm. I mean, he just doesn't, he do, he's not clear on what he's supposed to be doing out there on the field. And JL Skinner has never seen the field on defense. He's played six snaps mm-hmm. all on special teams. Um, And they can sit there and say that, you know, he's, He's improving, you know, all the standard coach speak of every week he's getting better. And we heard some of that from Vance Joseph today about Riley Moss. Um, but we're actually seeing it with Riley Moss with him starting to get on the field. He is their dime defensive back that they've been bringing in now. So if P.J. Locke doesn't play, I am very curious to see what they're going to do with that safety position. It wouldn't surprise me if it is DeLaron turner Yell just because he's the one that's been doing the most work back there. He's the right now he's the third guy up with Kareem Jackson suspended now. So 
but at the same time, I could see them doing something of with how they were working with these players up until you know a few weeks ago when they started making changes. Fabian Moreau was doing a lot of cross chaining working at safety during practice. And when he was seeing games, he was working as an extra safety, that third safety. And then he mm-hmm. came in and got the starting job over Damari Mathis. Whereas mm-hmm. Riley Moss has been almost exclusively training at cornerback as they're trying to develop him there. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see a slight switch there with Fabian Moreau go to safety, Riley Moss insert at corner. I'm not over, I don't think that is what they would do if Locke plays. But it is something that I wouldn't be surprised. Also, wouldn't be surprised if they did. Right, and and Vance Joseph actually came out today and really gave a lot of credit to Riley Moss. Said that he he played very well in his in his uh, in his time last week, and he's earned more snaps. So that was the one question that you you kind of answered there. So I'll, I'll back away off of that. But I I'm just curious to see how this rotation is going to go. Like you said, Fabian Moreau played safety a little bit there in in, in preseason. They kind of cross trained him there. Uh, Riley Moss, they really wanted him to to focus on playing on the outside before he uh, moved back to the inside. Uh, I know they have a little bit of cross training there, but not very much. So um, a very interesting aspect here. Um, what about Alex Singleton, Drew Sanders, and Josie Jewell? Because those three guys, uh, Drew Sanders has struggled. He's He's been one of the worst defenders on the field when he's out there. He's always caught out of position. He seems like he doesn't know what he's looking at. Um, he's late to read his keys. And it, it's just, you see the, the athleticism, especially in coverage, but in terms of like diagnosing and reacting and filling his gap and staying gap sound and run defense, that's a problem for him. And then going back to Alex Singleton and uh, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton leads the NFL right now, 17 missed tackles. That's a big problem, a big reason as to why this Broncos run defense has struggled as much as it has. What other reasons specifically, if you can, uh, without the the missed tackles and stuff, what other reasons are the, the, the Broncos struggling against the run right now? Is it physicality? Is it just communication, not being gap disciplined? What What's the biggest reason you think the Broncos can't stop the run right now? Their defensive line is terrible. Their okay. defensive line isn't winning up front consistently enough, which puts the linebackers in a bad spot. The blockers are able to push. Mike Purcell is consistently pushed onto the ground. He's able to climb to the second level, that blocker is anyways, and make that second block. Like, between the tackles is where this defense specifically is really struggling against the run because of that. When he spread it out a little bit, the the defensive line, they they scrape and flow with it pretty well. And But the bigger thing is the linebackers are able to read, react, and go and make a play. Something that Alex Singleton mm-hmm. has done. He's just got to secure those tackles. Um, one thing, too, talking about this run defense and where they rank, if you take out the first three weeks of it, unfortunately, I can't just take out week three. So I have to take out the first three weeks. They have improved. That week three game is such such a drag on this defense, especially run defense, where they go, where they were, you know, if you count week three, they're dead last, basically. But it's still not a great defense. And that's what you were saying. It's still not a great defense with it. But they have been getting better. And as you slowly Mm -hmm. shrink down the games and, you know, over the win streak, they get even better. From week four on, they rank 19th. And if you close it down after that, I think they rank like, 16th or 15th so right around middle mm-hmm. of the pack um mm-hmm. but it's a lo- what's carrying them so well is those outside runs um dj jones hasn't been playing great against the run mike russell's been absolutely terrible um zach allen's been doing great but 
he's 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 one man on it. Jonathan Harris has never grown. Matt Henningsen, we haven't seen growth out there on the field outside of like one flash play every now and then. Um, I always questioned why they didn't go in and look at improving the run, uh, the defensive line during the offseason. And we're seeing why I always questioned it materialize on the field. Yeah. It, I know I've been like, we've been trying to be positive and stuff like that, but I cannot always, I, I cannot get away from the objective, the, the objective criticism. Let's go to the positive side of things here. We've got about 10 minutes left, Eric. Defensively, what can this team do well against this, uh, this uh, Cleveland Browns offensive line, the, the offense in general? What can they do well? What matchups do they have where you you feel like, you know what, we can win this particular matchup. Let's exploit this advantage. Let's go after this Browns offense and, and try to find a way for the Broncos to come up with that win that you and I think they're both going to get. Left tackle? Is that where Dedrick Willis is playing? I can't, yes. I can't, I can't remember how they – I can't remember how they have it. He's been bad this year um, on their in pass protection. That, that's their biggest way to exploit him. Force the ball, as I was talking about earlier, force the ball into Dorian Thompson Robinson's hands and then attack Jedrick Willis. Get after the quarterback, mm-hmm. try to force mistakes. Um, the rest of the offensive line is great, and Jedrick Willis is doing a good job in, as a run blocker. Um, so it's going to make life difficult to stop the run, but this is an offense that you can sell out to do it. You can load the box. You can put seven, eight guys consistently in the box because of the formations that they use. Um just load it, make life difficult, and tr- do what you can to make reads a little bit more difficult for the rookie quarterback. This is a game I talked about how little disguise looks that they do. This is a game where Vance Joseph should be a little bit more, um, use his disguises a little bit more. And he has done that throughout the season. Most games he doesn't do a whole lot, lot of um, disguising, but sometimes he does. But depending on who they're playing, he does. Did it quite a bit against the Jets. Did it a lot against the Packers. Um so you want to confuse that rookie. It all comes down to if this defense wants to win, they have to shut down the run. This is one of the best running offenses in the NFL. They have one of the best, if not the best run blocking offensive line. You, you got to figure out your way to stop it. And you got to get their quarterback, which even without Dorian Thompson, even if it was Deshaun Watson or any of the other quarterbacks who have played for them, their passing game has always been questionable this season. So the mm-hmm. key to defending the Browns, which is difficult to do because they're seven and three shut down the run force them to pass the ball very few teams have been success have been successful at doing that and the broncos yeah. got to figure out a way to do it yeah well and this this cleveland browns team is super beat up right now and dewan jones um he doesn't have a game listing right now it sounds like he's probably going to play but if there's this, no listing he'll one play. so he'll, he'll play but he's still kind of hampered with an injury right now um he also struggles with speed that's the one thing that you you have to watch with Dewan Jones going back to uh, his time at Ohio State uh, on the right tackle side. Um, he's he's going to struggle with Nick Benito. There, there's just no if ands or buts about it. If Nick Benito can win with speed on the right side, your this pass rush actually has an opportunity to to really um, to to really take advantage of, of this this uh, Browns offense. Um, pass or tan, Jaquan McMillan playing against Amari Cooper, playing against uh, I don't even know who their other receiver is at this point. I know they got uh, David and Joku. Um, like the, the, there's, there's, there's an advantage here. If you can get after the passer and, and stop this passing attack, what little that there is, you, you can definitely take advantage of this Browns offense, crowd the box, stuff the run, 
trust one-on-one -on -one coverage on the outside, get after the quarterback, and there you go. Defensively, there's a formula for this team, to, for the Broncos to, to walk away with a, with, with a win. Offensively, though, let's go to the positives on the offensive side of the football. My my big plan was the draw plays, the uh, the escape leak screen plays, and shots. If you can get quick shots over the top, that to me was the, the big uh, the the big formula for this Broncos team to win. Getting the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands quickly is definitely going to be a big priority here. Eric, what do you think? Get the ball out of his hands quickly. Run the try. Can stay with the run, even if the run game isn't being effective. You still have to stick with the run and try to wear them down. Because what the Broncos need to do is they need to try and pull the defense in a little bit and try to create those opportunities for the explosive plays. And so stick with the run. Don't run 15 times when even if you're being ineffective. Still push 20 to 25 runs. Effectiveness, lack of, yeah, that's bad. But we saw it even with in the last game against the Vikings. You, consist, you sit there and still can run the ball you are still opening chances for those big runs. And that's what happened. Towards the end of there, once they got to about the 10th carry, we started seeing a couple of those big runs happen. Um, mm -hmm. Not consistently enough, but you still got to stick with it. And then the quick passing game. as Use the quick passing game. Use the quick flats. Use all that as an extension of the running game. Do everything mm -hmm. you can to create the opening for those explosive plays down the field, try to pull those safeties in, um, try to be more physical than them up front. I mean, that's a given every single week, but especially against a very physical Browns defense, you want to go out there, you want to be super physical and just win physically every single rep and play bully ball. What this offense was designed to do yep. in the offseason and built to do, go out there, let your offensive line be bullies because during this win streak, their run game has been effective when they've done that. Like, just go yeah. let them be bullies. And unlike the Vikings, the Browns don't blitz near as often, and blitzes are absolutely killers for an effective running game. Yep, you're, and you're absolutely correct. And uh, so the, the the Minnesota Vikings blitz like 49% of the time. The Browns are at like 32 or 33%, I believe, is where is where they're at. They're they're middle of the road blitzing, but they just get they get home so quickly and so easily up front. Uh, with their front four, whether it's Zadarius Smith on the right side, Miles Garrett on the left side, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, who's been playing really well, um, like they they just they do such a great job with their pass rush. Uh, but like Eric said, you know, run the football, control time of possession, figure out a way to be efficient on on first and second down, be efficient on third down specifically. Roll that over. Like you have to be a, a Sean Payton said it uh, said it the best. If you're not efficient on on third down, you can't get back to first to reopen your playbook. You can look at your play sheet like, oh, we never got to this, we never got to this, we never got to this. Why? Because you're four for eleven on third down. You never got to reset your possession. Being efficient on third down, and this is one of the better third down defenses. It, it's it's going to be a struggle. This team, th this game is going to be a defensive war, in my opinion. I got the Broncos winning 16 to 12. Uh, Eric's got them 16 to 10. It's, it's going to be fun. I, I do think that there's a, a path for this Broncos team to win. I, I hope we get to see a deep shot, but I, I, I still think that the Broncos defense is going to turn over the, the Browns offense at least once, if not twice. They're going to get after DTR, and they're, they're going to figure out another way to win because they're well coached. So, uh, Eric, any any last thoughts here before I close this out here? 
I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend um, and just enjoy the holiday season. And hopefully this time next week, we're talking about yet another Broncos win. Yeah, absolutely. It's the hottest team in football right now, guys. We got a 4-0 Broncos team over the last four weeks, um, breaking streaks all over the place. Uh, first time the Broncos have won four games in a row uh, since 2016. Uh, last minute at the buzzer here, uh, Phil McLaughlin jumping in saying, great show tonight, Dove Valley Deep Divers. Have a great weekend. And you all have a great weekend as well. Thank you all for joining us here on a wonderful Friday evening. You guys can find us on Twitter by following me at Lance S underscore MHH for Eric at Eric Trickle. Also guys, while you're at it, make sure you guys are following at mile high huddle. That is the mother account where you guys get breaking news and analysis regarding your Denver Broncos. Um, also guys, if you guys are, uh, financially able to do so at get yourself a hat get yourself a t-shirt anything to support the show face mask uh coffee cup onesie for your baby anything that you guys to suit your fancy uh get that over there if you guys are not financially able to support the show in terms of super chats or superstars please make sure you guys are doing the three things at the bottom of your screen subscribe to mile high huddle across all platforms whether it's youtube facebook twitter or twitch like every single video and article you guys see across all of those platforms and if you love it please share it and get it in front of as many broncos fans as possible because without your guys support we can do what we do best which is cover your denver broncos now eric um i think we pretty much covered everything everything anything else you want to get to or are we ready to close the show out yeah, my clerk come, comes in at the final minute says eric's wearing a grogu hat guys come on hit that like on the way out yeah definitely Maybe I'll wear another a different one uh, Santa hat that I have next week. I don't know. Um, <laughs> hopefully my office won't be as cold as it is today, though. It is really cold in here. So, again, yeah. have a great weekend, you guys, and we will see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. You all stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, go Broncos. We will see you guys same time, same place next week. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.